0: And I'm Melissa, and welcome back, hoes! Something We've missed you guys. It's been a hot
1: minute. It's been a hot second, but we are on episode 39. We're
0: back, bitches.
1: We're almost, oh my god, next week's gonna be sex episode
0: 8.0. 8.0, I had to do a little bit of math. I uh-huh. know, episode 40, we are trekking along to the one-year episode. Oh my god, so close. We've mentioned this a ton of times, and we're super excited to do our very first live show for episode 52. Details are to come with where we're going to do it, when we're going to do it, and how we're going to do it. And we need you guys to be a part of it. We want a really great, interesting, unique show we've never done before, and we want you guys there for it. So stay tuned for all the details to come, and we're really excited to share it with you guys.
1: Yeah, and like... So, we're still figuring it out, but if you are planning on wanting to do this, wanting to come out here, if you're not a New York local, or even if you are a New York local, let us know that you want to come. That helps us out with planning. Yes. Let us know what you would want to see.
0: That really helps us out with planning. Our one year is actually around June 1st. Yes. Because we started recording in May, and we've had a little bit of uh, episode lags, so to speak. In the last couple weeks, so we're ideally doing this on June 1st, um, and we will send you guys all of the information and details very, very soon.
1: Yeah. It'll be a good one. It'll
0: be a good one. They're going to get to see our comedy live in action, in your face. You're going to hear my obnoxious voice live in person. You're going to hear my voice live and in person. It's going to be great. No. I think it's going to be a time. It'll be, we'll have to actually dress nicely other than my sweatshirt and sneakers and leggings. Oh, I mean, I guess I, I mean, could do that too. We could. Or Maybe. I don't I know. I could look like how I look in the studio and that is rough because <sighs> no one can see me. Although now we have camera recording. That's right. And this is interesting.
1: Oh man. I can't even like, so you know how you can view on the camera what it's recording? Yep. That part's not facing us, so I can't see what's going <laughs> on. You can't even on. see
0: yourself. I don't know. I'm scared. Oh. <laughs> well, let's jump right into it, man. We're really excited, and it's going to be a very interesting episode today. Yes, very interesting, in well, part the- uh, inspired by some very recent events. Yes, um, it's a reason, unfortunately, we had to skip last week's episode. Um, it was very. It was a tough decision to do. Um, things happen quickly, but I unfortunately lost um my grandmother well she would actually roll in her grave if i called her her grandmother her name is mimi mm-hmm. uh she passed away back in february now that it's march um it was two weeks ago on february 25th um and i had to to leave and go be with my family and go and celebrate the rest of her life back in tennessee and because of that i wasn't in the city so we could yeah. record um and i we were talking about what we wanted to do for this episode and The one topic we've never actually hit on the show is about grief and the loss of a loved one. And we were thinking this could be a really good time to talk about this. In a really yeah. different way. I mean, it's it's a hard topic
1: to talk about in general. Yeah. It's something that none of us can avoid and we're all kind of
0: scared of. Well, we see it happen in all these other facets in movies and TV mm-hmm. shows and other people's lives. And it's totally different when it happens to you. Mm-hmm. So, f-
1: you wanted to interview me, man. I know. this is such.
0: A, we're sitting across from each other <laughs> for the first time. We always sit next to each other. We've
1: sat across from each other before. Very this rarely. This is new... This is this different. This is not new, but now I have to look you into the eyes. You will have to look into my soul.
0: I promise this.
1: I won't. I won't make this terrible <laughs> for you. Um, for you. I'm, I'll make it off. I
0: overly. apologize <laughs> in advance if you hear me get teary-eyed and a little choked up. It's been, it's been a whole whirlwind of emotions. Yeah,
1: but I mean, we'll I know give background. I know you guys out there completely understand what had happened. Um, and are totally cool about it and are totally open-minded about this episode bear
0: with us here yes and before we go if you or someone you know has lost somebody in their life and needs somebody to talk to we've said it here so many times please talk to us we are here for you we're here to listen we are your friends we're your supporters talk to us talk to somebody you know don't keep it bottled up inside that's the whole reason I wanted to do this episode is because I have been bottling up everything that's happened and it's really time to openly talk about it yeah and it's better to talk about it with just one person than with yourself and keep it inside because when you do that you spiral downwards and things can kind of crash on down and you you bottle up these emotions that come out in in whole volcano eruption and it's just not great so if you are Uh, Someone who has lost somebody in your life recently or know somebody who has lost someone, reach out to us. There are resources. We will post many, many resources you can reach out to in our episode bio. So feel free to talk to us, talk to friends, and reach out to anybody that we um, refer you guys to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to start it off with a very important question that you should always ask first. Yes. How are you doing with everything?
0: It's that's it. It's a very loaded question because on a surface level, I'm okay. Like I am going through life, going through work, okay. And I have these moments now where I'm not okay. So as of this moment in time, I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm having a good day. Um, earlier this week, I was not, and it was weird. I was taking. Um, a fitness class, and, like, halfway through it, there was this really intense, powerful, sad song, and I just started crying during it. I, I think don't I
1: remember this day. Yeah, this was, I think, this past Tuesday. Did you come home and, like, cry some more? Yeah. Okay, I think I came home, and I was like, <laughs> she's definitely been crying. I don't know how to talk it to was, her about this.
0: It was weird because it just kind of came out of nowhere. So, uh, to give a little, I guess, background on Mimi... To understand why I'm okay about talking about this. So she she passed away at 82 years old. Um, she lived a very full and long life but the last probably six or seven years she has just been not doing well with her health. She was hooked up on multiple oxygen tanks for years and just not okay. And so a lot of us, uh, we had time to kind of process that we don't have a lot of time left with her and we We knew with her health and, you know, getting older, it's just a way that it goes. And so we all prepared for it in the best way possible um, of making sure she was living the life that she wanted to live, whether that was at home. And she ultimately had to move into an assisted living before um, she passed away. But she lived in this like condo type place like she had a really, really. Um, comfortable and bright and happy life before um, she passed away. So, because of that, we were all we all knew it was coming, we just didn't know when it was coming. Um, and when it happened, we were all just kind of went through the motions. And then it was the day of the funeral, all of us just kind of lost it because um, it was real. And it, I think that's been the biggest thing is is realizing that it's real, you know. And that's the tough part for me. That's the part that I'm still kind of like, it doesn't feel real. It's been two weeks, two and a half weeks by the time this comes out.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, it's hard. I don't know what to tell you here because Mm -hmm. in my own experience, I've, I've lost a grandparent. um, And it, it never actually fully feels real. How old were you when you lost your grandparent?
0: So, oh man. Wasn't recent, was it? No, it was when I was 14. So, my, I think my biggest thing here is it's a lot tougher when we get older because we develop um, more dense relationships with them. We connect with them on a level we can't when we're kids, you know? Um, and it makes it a little tougher to process. Um, like the other day, I really, I'm actually going to cook it later tonight. She made this shrimp bake that was like phenomenal. And I really wanted the recipe. So what was my first instinct to do to call her? mm -hmm. And I went to call her and I, it just hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. I can't call her. And I'd hang up and call my mom and get it that way. But it was just, there are little things now, all of a sudden you just can't do as opposed to when we are. Twelve thirteen, fourteen, and a lot younger ages when we lose someone there is th- the relationship isn't what it is when you're older yeah. you're not as close, you're not as connected you you don't have um those memories and I don't know it's tough it's it's one of those things where you know it's real and you know you have to continue on doing your life, but you also don't want to forget about them. Yeah.
1: Now the way that you're talking about this. Is this your first like family passing since you've been
0: quote an adult? <laughs> yeah. Um. The last death in my family was when I was 12. It actually has been 12 years yeah. since I've been to a funeral for a family member. Um, and it's difficult because it was my dad's mom um, and she was my, my last grandparent. So. It's tough to see your parent um, suffering from a loss, and you you can't do anything but to just be there and support and help. And so, my brother and I we um, we had to step up and just make sure my dad was going to be okay, um, and and make sure that everything that needed to be done was getting done. And my mom stepped up in a in a way that I've ne- I don't think anybody else could. And we had friends come in with us to Tennessee, where mm-hmm. where the funeral was, and it's tough because you never want to see your parent in pain. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, I, I
1: can't even imagine. I mean, so last time again, last time I experienced it was when I was you know only fourteen. So mm. I imagine it hits you a little bit different, a little bit harder when you're older. Cause you you know so much more, yeah. By that time, and I will say, I'll go back on a point that you made. Your mom has been absolutely phenomenal throughout everything with Mimi. My mom was
0: her best friend, like truly. Like you would ask my, you would ask Mimi who her favorite person in her life was, and and she'd go Robin because she knows my medications and she doesn't screw them up. <laughs> and that was like her sense of humor and and her her just character. Um, and they they had a very, very close relationship for the last five years. Um, my mom was always there helping to take care of her and making sure, like she said, her medications were her there. Medications. And making sure the groceries were there and making sure the house was clean. Because um, it was getting to a point where she wasn't able to be self-sufficient. And my mom stepped up in a way that I don't think a lot of people could. My mom's a true hero and it was very tough to to see her with this loss because it was like she was losing a parent as well Mm -hmm. how how
1: different do you think the experience was for you know your parents because i imagine it's much much harder but i mean after seeing it like how much different do you think it is do you think you might be a little bit more prepared for one day
0: when that is you I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely not prepared for that. Uh, I don't even want to think. I know about as that. soon as the words left my mouth, I was like, "It's this is not." <laughs> I will say we did have to have a difficult conversation after all of it because the one thing Mimi did, and a lot of people kind of do it, is they make sure the affairs are taken care of. Like all my dad had to do was make two phone calls. Um, Everything was already ready of where she wanted to be buried, where everything needed to be, and it was prepared in a way that made that stuff easy. And my parents sat me down and were like, we will make sure this will be the same for when that day does come. And it was a very difficult conversation. You never want to have the idea in your head that one day you won't have parents. It's a very tough realization to have, but it's a fact of life we have to deal with and live with. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, nobody likes to talk about it. Nobody likes to think they're going to lose somebody in their life. The only way they want to lose someone in their life is like not talking to them but knowing they still exist you know knowing they're still out there yeah it's a very different concept when that person is no longer out there
1: it's it's a hard thing that we have to talk about yeah it's something that is unavoidable no matter how hard
0: yeah we try i think the toughest phrase now too is you never know what the last conversation will be um like, I used to be one, like, oh, you'll know the last conversation. Like, you will know that moment. You will know the thing. And I can say I I really did not know the last time I spoke to her would truly be the last time. Um, I had called her and um, was telling her I wanted to come back. And she is obsessed with my boyfriend. I think she was more—she loved him more than maybe she loved me. Like, oh, my God. Like, she loves Scott so much. And she'd be like, well, is is Scott coming with you because— I don't want to see you if he's not with you. And I was like, Mimi. And she was like, well, I guess I can see you too. And I told her we were going to come down in April and her favorite restaurant of all time. None of us still understand why to this day was Hooters. She (laughs) loved Hooters wings and their French fries. She would never want wings from anywhere else. So I told her I was going to come down and we were going to have a weekend together and I was going to take her to the Hooters on Fort Myers Beach because she liked it because she didn't have to go on the beach, but she could still see it. And she would get the wings that she wants. And it was also at a point, too, where she was tired of just being having takeout bra. And I was like, I'm going to take you out like we're going to have a day and we'll do it till till you can't be out anymore.
1: Tell me this. What is her wing order?
0: Um, Ten medium bone in wings. Oh, um, but she's specific. She likes only the meaty ones. So if there are wings that are not meaty, guess what? You're eating them. Mm-hmm. So she liked the drumstick then is what you're telling me. Nah, she she liked both. Oh, she liked both. She, she liked both, but just the ones that had a ton of meat on them, which is understandable, but not a ton of breading. But you couldn't get them unbreaded because then she would say they're not real wings. <laughs> Literally, she would be like, if they are not breaded, light, she would be like, I want them lightly breaded because I just need a little bit. And then she would just dump like a pound of salt on them and it was everything she was obsessed with salt oh my god I actually talked about it I uh during the eulogy I helped give um my brother myself and um her other son John gave the eulogy at the funeral home and the one thing I always like to talk about is her love of salt (laughs) and it was really unhealthy but the message was was great she um she would put salt in all of her food it was like her one thing like if you would always make sure the salt shaker was in front of her at dinner at lunch no matter where you're at that was her thing and she would always put salt on everything and one day i was like mimi that's a lot of salt on like a salad like what's going on here and she was like i like salt what are you gonna do about it i'm like mimi what i was like can you tell me like what you really like about salt and she goes well it gives a flavor that nothing else can give and I was like, I don't know what that means, but whatever. And I was a kid when I asked that. More recently, I asked it. I was home back uh, in August, last August, when I um, I traveled back. Not the last time I saw her, but um, we were having dinner. It was ended up just being me, myself, um, just my immediate family with her. And we were sitting down. I was helping her get up so she could come over to the table. And I, I said, Mimi, um, you remember that time you were – Tell me about how much she loves salt. And she goes, which time? She goes, I always tell you I love salt. (laughs) And um, we were sitting down and I said, what do you really like about it? And she goes, well, I've told you it gives a flavor that nothing else can give. And I go, what the hell does that mean? She said, in life, we have to find ways to add a little bit of flavor in something. Because we can't make life boring. We can't make life bland. She goes, I know it's not a a lot, but to me putting a little bit of salt on my food reminds me that I'm not letting my life stay bland because it was all she could do. And she, but she was like growing up. Salt was always the big thing that you would flavor with. It was what you would spice with. It was what you would do. And she said she would try and do different things when she was able to walk and drive and work on her own. And she goes, when I couldn't do that anymore, I started adding just a little bit more salt to my, my life. Um, And granted she was like 90 pounds. Like she was very skinny. Like she could do the salt on her food. And she looked at me and she uh, said, no matter what you do, promise me you will continue to add some salt in your life because you need it. And I go, what? And she goes, promise me you will always add flavor. She looks at me. She picks up the salt shaker. She salts her salad and just laughs. And it was like one of the cutest little moments. That is a very powerful moment.
1: I mean, that's something that's going to... Stick with you. Loki, They're I've been putting a lot life. of salt in my
0: food lately. Yeah, <laughs> that was gonna bad. be my that was gonna be my There's next been question. Like so how- much my salt intake in the last two weeks. My I have to increase my water intake because <laughs> I am bloated. Well, so <laughs> obviously you're doing the salt thing, but have you have you
1: taken her message into other aspects of your life? Or have you thought about how you can take that over into other aspects of your life?
0: Yeah, I mean I think it's just being more productive in your, in my days and, and making sure that I'm doing something that adds a little flavor like yesterday I went to the Central Park Zoo um, and I really wanted to go and see they have snow leopards there they have penguins right now um, there's also red pandas um, one of her favorite animals she was such an animal lover was owls and I did not know that they had this majestic beautiful owl there and we are walking by an exhibit and what's right up at the glass an owl and I was like, that's like I, I I don't. Some people think it's crazy to believe in signs from the afterlife, but I truly believe. Seeing that owl, she was there, like just saying, "Hey, yeah, looking at me," and then it like turned and looked at Scott, and I was like, "Wow, she's really wanted to say hi to you." <laughs> but it, you know, it's just things like that. Of. Going and experiencing life in every aspect that you can. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be over the top. It's just something that can give you a good memory. And something that you can appreciate. Yeah. And just finding different ways to appreciate life. You know, she came from an area that is known as the Bible Belt of America in Tazewell, Tennessee. And it was an adventure going there. But she came from a time there where you lived, grew up, and raised a family and died in Tazewell. And she was considered a rebel because she left. And she lived in a time where that was seen as something you don't do, is is doing these type of things. And she said, I don't care what I do with my life, but it's my life. And I want to make sure that it's a life worth living. Damn, Mimi sounds wild. But also like Mimi was wild and she would not like that. I said that. And I'm like looking around, making sure her ghost is not around. I
1: feel like she would haunt me.
0: (laughs) I feel like that part of her, that like rebellious kind
1: of part of her has like lived on in you. I mean, looking at your life, you have never really done anything that is like to like this traditional plan. Like you left Florida, you know, you focused on your career first before even letting a man come into your life. Like, you you were doing things the non-traditional way, just like she did.
0: A hundred percent. And a lot of people will say she was the traditional homemaker. And I go, no, she was not. Mimi was a badass who did. The one thing everybody always knew about her was her honesty. Um, and she did not care what you thought about what she was going to tell you. And it was just who she was, you know, and mm-hmm. it was a part of me that I always hated. But I also appreciated it because you would never know what she was thinking because she would just tell you, yeah. you know. That was who she was. Yeah. I have I have a curious question for you. Okay.
1: That may change the direction of this. Okay. Just a little bit. Okay. Now, you mentioned that, like, you see her in little signs, and you mentioned the afterlife. You know, where do you think she is now? It's hard to say, because...
0: Like, do, do, do you believe in an afterlife? I do. do you- okay. I do. There is no way that our souls don't go somewhere Mm -hmm. like our there's there's no way the personality that each of us has completely goes away there there's just no way to me like i Mm -hmm. don't believe that when you die that's it over done with no
1: i i talked about this once before uh with someone when you think about the theory of energy yep energy cannot be created or destroyed correct just changed mm-hmm. um that that's my whole point and it, that- and it makes sense with like
0: the afterlife or anything like that you know Hmm. I, I i believe it um not about me but something that's really made my family believe it is my mom's mom when she passed away um everyone who knew my mom's mom knew her thing was collecting dimes i've told you the dime story yep. before but i'll share it here her thing was collecting dimes and when she would go on vacation she would cash in her dimes and have like worth of dimes. And she would always make the joke like, this will be on my dimes, this is on my dime, type of thing. So when she passed away, we started finding dimes in obscure places, like very obscure places. So a couple to name with my aunt, Linda, um, is she used to be, before she was in retirement, she was an ER nurse. And there was one time she was going into surgery with someone and what was on the table one of the most sterile places that you can find in a hospital. What was laying there? A dime. A dime. This was about a couple weeks after she passed. Wow. Um, my mom, who is a patient educator, um, she's also a nurse. She was going into, she was in Venice and um, she went to take the, um, she was a, a rep for a pharmaceutical company when she was taking out um, her demonstration kit, a brand new kit. What fell out of them? Dimes. Um, that two years after she passed away I was I was fortunate enough and I got to skate at nationals one year and I'm taking my skates off I'm taking them off after probably one of the best performances I ever had and four dimes fall out of my skates you know like those are just not coincidence to me There's there's no way and so recently we have another new dime story my dad calls me a week ago and he walked into his office and he hadn't been in the office like his own personal office not like the big Obviously works in, but he went to go look on his desk, and what were laying there were three dimes, and he believed one was Nan, my mom's mom, one was his mom Mimi, and then his dad. Oh wow! Just kind of saying hey, just
1: hello, just hey. It's we, us. We got you in dime form. What up? Now, do you do you see the afterlife in like a religious sense, or
0: for a long time I did because I did grow up religious. Now I'm just kind of in the whole the existential crisis of questioning my identity and my Mm -hmm. faith and my religion and everything like that. So right now, no, yeah, that answer may change years to come. Who knows? Um, there, I think I, 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 it's hard to determine heaven and hell because that's like for people who are very religious, it's a very good distinguisher of where you should go and just being a decent person. I think it, I think, There's I I don't think there's a heaven or hell. I think there's an afterlife, but I think it's just making sure that you live a good life. like You are Mm. a good human. You treat people well because you don't want to go to that bad place, right? People love having good and evil. There always has to be one or the other. There's never a gray area, and I think the afterlife is a gray area, and that's why there are so many um, constructs of what the afterlife is. Yeah. So
1: then do you... You say that you're not really religious right now. Do you believe in, like, a higher power with that afterlife? Or do you just...
0: I do. I I think there is something out there. I don't know what it is right now. Yeah. Because for... Since I was in kindergarten until I graduated high school, religion was pushed on me in many different forms. I mm-hmm. went to a Lutheran school. And then I went to a Catholic school. And then I tried like a non-denominational church at one point and it just was weird and not like a bad thing. I think there are some messages that from religion that are good and whole and what people should adapt to life. But there are others that just don't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, like Old Testament versus New Testament, like things just don't make sense. And Mm. you can't just take literal translations from a piece of scripture or something like to me, that's just not a thing. Like you have to interpret it throughout the times because you know allegedly when the bible or scriptures were created you didn't have society as it is now yeah my my biggest issue with it is you will have people try to put those um stories to fruition now and it's like some of them don't apply you just have to see the bigger picture and to me when it comes to the afterlife the bigger picture is yes there is one I truly believe that there is, and I don't know what it is, and that's okay mm-hmm. for me to not know what it is. Um, yeah. I think other people want to have that concrete belief that there is something waiting for them, um, and I think there is. But I, like I said, I don't know what it is, but I know Mimi is there. It's it's
1: hard to try and figure out because that's something that I think none of us will ever truly know until until it comes until it comes. And I think that a lot of us. Like, in this age range, especially in this time, we are going through that kind of crisis trying to figure it all out. Yeah, we're in our mid-20s. Mid-20s. Oh, I turned 25 um,
0: soon, and I'm not okay.
1: I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I think that there definitely is something out there. Right. Um, My religion has kind of, like, wavered a little bit in the past couple of years. But for my own personal reasons, I've still hung on. There are things with religion that I'm not happy with. Like, like cer- yeah. certain rules and such that right. I don't I don't think fit with our society or, you know, I won't I won't go totally into
0: mm-hmm. it. Kind uh, of, I guess kind of coming back to it when it comes to death, you want to find something to comfort you. And a lot of people do turn to religion for that. And I think that's great for some people. And that if you find comfort in that, like that is awesome. Everybody has to find comfort somewhere else. But I think a lot of these topics don't come up until it happens to you. Yeah. You know, because this is stuff I don't talk about in my everyday life. Like I said, we've never had a show about this before. I
1: mean, nobody really wants to accept that it's happening. I mean, even when I sit and I really think about it, it freaks me out. I mean, growing up, I really didn't think about death much. Although, I don't know, from my own personal experience, it's it's been a lot different for me because with with my history, with my mm-hmm. with my cancer and such. um, you know, I faced that issue very young, very early on, and so it shaped this weird perception of death and afterlife and a higher power for me, and I don't know it's it's been a very weird, very weird mm-hmm. upbringing with that topic, and now I'm at a point where like I'm
0: still holding on to a belief because, in all reality, right. like I shouldn't be here at all. Well, it's hard to talk about it growing up because how do you tell your kids, "Hey, one day you're gonna die, and you have just have to deal with yeah. it." <laughs>
1: yeah, like, you hey, know? by the way, like you didn't choose to be here, but you also don't get a choice in this. Like, surprise.
0: Yeah. thanks, parents, appreciate it. It's tough because now, as an adult dealing with this, I have kind of seen what it what happens when all of this goes down. Um I was very more involved cuz you know when you're a kid and that's happened you're just not involved in everything that goes on the funeral, what you have to do for preparations. Like I think the toughest part was they had to um take her play- take her body over by plane to Tennessee. And mm-hmm. it was tough. It was an it was a a thing she had planned out, but you don't think about that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's weird stuff to talk about and it's weird stuff to deal with. Yeah. Um, we it, One of them, a lot of people, I guess, do this. and I, th- I think it's a little morbid, but she, um, when she was still alive, she went shopping with my mom and picked out what she wanted to wear in her casket. And so what did we have to pack and take with us? Or my parents did because it was in Florida. They had to take the dress that she wanted to be buried in, you know? And there's parts of things like this you just don't, you don't talk about it until it happens and then people just kind of shut up about it. But yeah, I think for her and, and for me to live her memory on is to continue talking about things that are not comfortable to talk about because that's who she was. And to remember that, she lived an incredible life and to just remember that all of that other stuff that you deal with when somebody dies is whatever and to not focus on it and to focus on the good parts that do come from these unfortunate events of connecting with family and friends that you probably haven't connected with in a long time yeah and um doing my best to can to add flavor in life and um and just getting uncomfortable, and m- getting other people uncomfortable, and and making sure and making sure that people are talking about issues that bother them and that they are that they want to talk about, but they don't know how to talk about. Yeah. And this is one of those issues for me that I don't know how to talk about it.
1: Well, thank goodness you make a podcast where oh we
0: talk about uncomfortable things all the time. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> I think she would be proud. Yeah. I, I really do, and I really hope she is.
1: I know she is. From this experience as a whole, this whole, this whole event that happened to you, what have you learned that could really help out our listeners who, you know, haven't experienced this yet in you know, t- at this age, yeah, that could that could help them out.
0: I think the biggest thing. For myself, and it's also who I am, I'm a person that likes to put the blame on myself. And when these events happen, it's remembering one, you can't put any blame on yourself. That is only going to hurt you, it will not help you. Unfortunately, it's happened, it's over, it's done with, you can't change it. So don't blame yourself. It's very hard to not blame yourself because you're like, what if I did this? What if I did that? And it's instead of focusing on what you could have done. Focus on what you did do. And maybe it was just having conversations. And having older memories with them. And remembering what they would want you to remember. And I think also just. If you've ever had a relationship with someone that was broken at one point. To mend it. Because at the end of the day these things happen and we don't want to put someone to rest with a broken relationship one of the hardest things for me was that her and I had a very rough relationship growing up I was not very close to her um, and it took a long time for me to put my issues with her in the past we have didn't have the v- perfect granddaughter grandmother relationship and when I was like 15 or 16, she was hospitalized for pneumonia and she was someone who got pneumonia a lot. So I didn't think anything of it at the time. And, um, I remember getting a phone call from my parents saying she might not make it. And I was 16 and it was just, it clicked for me. And I'm like, why am I so upset? Because here she is. And and she may pass. And that's when I was 16 and we mended our relationship and, I am so grateful for that because now I have really good memories and really Mm -hmm. good things to hold on to. And at the end of the day, there are just some things that are not worth fighting over. There are things that are, it's not worth being mad at somebody for. If they were in your life and they were somebody who was good and whole and somebody who you trusted and you love, it's just... It's so much easier to continue the love and, and to forgive and to mend broken relationships. That was like one of her biggest things was like never stay angry. You can ha- feel, feel your feelings and feel your emotions, but never keep them. Yeah. Release them. And when you release them, you feel the best in the world. You know, and that's what she would want for me, for my family and for everybody else to let go of them. Because at the end of the day, we have each other and that's all that matters. Oh, damn. I'm oh. I'm sorry. I'm getting through it. There's oh. tears. It's tough. I knew it was going to be tough. This. Oh, wow. Oh. Powerful. So if you have a broken relationship with someone and you want to reach out to them and you want to talk to them, do it. Do not waste a second because you don't know. You don't know the next time you're going to speak to them again. And that's a very tough realization. Call your mom. Call your dad. Call your friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. Your grandparents. Whoever they are. Tell them you love them. And tell them you appreciate them. It's the best thing you can do.
1: Oh my god. I'm going to start crying. Oh my god. I'm good. I'm fine. Waterproof mascara. It's all good. Yo, you're so full of crap. I can see it underneath your eyelid.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's the eyeliner.
1: Hello. Oh, my Mimi gosh. always taught me to go
0: out with makeup, so that's what I do. Oh, jeez Louise, girl. I know. Breathe. It's tough, but it's good. I'm good. <sighs> I'm good. That's the other thing. I don't cry, and I hate it, and this whole experience has made me face tears, and I don't like it. <laughs> but I'm... But I'm going through them, and I'm releasing them and, and trying to just move through them, and that's the best thing you can do.
1: It's okay. Emotions. Emotions are hard. Emotions
0: suck. Emotions are really hard.
1: Oh. All right. Let's take this over into a couple of- <laughs> And
0: make it a little bit of a lighter. Current
1: events. I don't really know how much lighter, though, these current events are. Um, they kind of suck. They kind of suck, but they're happening. Um, so Alex Trebek- Has i I'll take heartbreak for
0: 600. He has stage four pancreatic cancer. But he's going to fight it. I want him to pull a me and just like turn around. He had a really cool message that said, I am going to fight this and I'm going to beat the low statistical survival rate. And I was like, yes, like you beat this thing, man, you do this. And it's sad and it's heartbreaking. You know, this is a character in TV we've grown up with for years. Everybody knows Jeopardy. Um, fun fact it's on Netflix what there are recent seasons on Netflix and let me tell you I have watched two of them Uh, before (laughs) this announcement happened like everybody knows what Jeopardy is and it's such a cool like a feel good show from your childhood and uh, now unfortunately we have him coming out and there is a a hurt among society like there were people on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and people were talking about it on the news like it made national headlines um, that he's dealing with this and it's like society is losing one of its core members almost mm-hmm. to somebody who just was making a really good impact on kids, on adults, on families, on everybody he's shown his his show to that every everywhere that it's reached. So I hope he beats it. I hope, I hope he so, pulls too. Through. I do. I We're all rooting for you, Alex. Please, <laughs> <No>. please. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh,
1: um. I just read this one not that long ago. I thought I thought this was actually a pretty cool one to share. Uh, so Babe Ruth, the famous baseball player, uh, his last living daughter unfortunately has passed away, but. She was a hundred and two. Yeah, she made it to a hundred and two. hundred and two. Like, that is a very full life. That is how I want to be yep. rocking it out. Like, a hundred and five year old me, like, probably. Much smaller than what I am Much now because apparently you shrink when you Talk get about old. about
0: a long, full life.
1: Like, little, little old me. Could you imagine, like, little old me still, like, doing fitness Stop. stuff? Stop. I would die.
0: I would love to see that day.
1: Yo, I'm going to make it happen. My, am going to make it happen. My grandma told me that her aunts, when they were, like, 80-something years old, were out roller skating and sh- stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. What I got... a time to be alive. And then, like, my dad said my his his grandfather made it to, like, 90-something. Got so some good
0: genes going on there. I got some
1: good genes for, like, longevity. Not for, like, like diseases and stuff. Good. But, like, good. if I can bypass the diseases, that'd be cool. There you go. There we go. There it is. Genetics are, like, half on my side here. <laughs> like, I don't know how much on my side they are. Ugh. Um, our last
0: current event ugh. has been the big topic of debate, and I'm so glad that now there is true research out there that proves there is no link between vaccines and autism. Yes,
1: so a little bit into the study, um, it was done in Denmark and it followed uh kids for the last yep. 10 years. Yep. It was like 650,000 kids. Like not just like a couple like this a lot of This isn't a very
0: small study. This is a mass This is reach. like
1: a lot of people were studied and there has been found to have no link between autism and vaccines, which is something that I already knew. Because
0: it's a lot of us knew this. The one study was completely debunked. He lost his credentials mm-hmm. of being a doctor, but there were people out there that still felt part of it was true.
1: There are still a lot of people that believe it, and it makes it makes me really upset. Like I like I was a health sciences major, so like I understand how serious this is. You know, measles and
0: has come back into the world because yeah. people are not
1: vaccinating their children. This this kind of stuff makes me mad, and it's like. <sighs> When I learned what this this is a lesson that I learned in my public health classes as well, is that vaccines, they're not just for you. They're for the health of the general population. It's all about herd immunity. Like not everybody can get a vaccine, i.e. young babies, uh, cancer Mm -hmm. patients, older people. Like there are certain people who just can't get vaccinations. So when you a healthy individual who can when you get yours, You are protecting that other person that can't get it. Mm -hmm. So when you decide that you don't need it because this disease hasn't been around for a long time, that's stupid. There's a reason why this disease has been gone. These
0: diseases have wiped out populations. Look at history. Look at the history books. Look at the textbooks. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people lost their lives to measles. And measles has now come back into the school system and it scares me that people are actively choosing against doing this. If It's one thing if a medical professional tells you you cannot have a vaccine. Yes. Um, but you're, you're usually put to ease because everybody else is vaccinated. Well, now people are just like, nope, I don't want to vaccinate my children. Nope, yeah. I don't want to vaccinate myself. And I'm like, you are now not only putting yourself at risk, but you are putting thousands of other people at risk now because of one decision.
1: It's something that just blows my mind all the time. And there was recently like a teenager, he got his own vaccinations yeah. because his mom didn't vaccinate him. Yeah. He
0: got his own. He went like behind he went to his court. mom's back. He went to court about it. His mom like took him to court. And why would you take your son to court about like that It's a vaccination. It like blows let my him mind. do this.
1: Like it's not about you like like if I could drive that point home with vaccinations it's not about you like
0: Like, a lot of people try and bring the argument of like oh my body my choice and it's like um this is a very different scenario here like I'm pro-choice for a lot of issues okay but when it comes to actually the health of other humans um and there's something out there that can help protect our society as a whole from dying and from mass extinction. Hello. Come on. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. It just like I know.
1: It it drives me insane. Like that guy is he's been proven wrong, the guy that faked the study. Like
0: I just And now you have a study with six hundred and fifty thousand people involved and the same result was proved that vaccines do not directly linked to autism
1: i'm going to say it a little louder for the people in the back vaccines do not cause autism autism is caused by genetics all right i'm like pretty positive i know i maybe (laughs) shouldn't have said that like super confident you did say that really confident i said that so confident but like i am super positive that autism like it's, it there's happens a, there's from a, a genetic there's a good thing chunk. going on there.
0: There's a good chunk coming from genetics. There's also a good chunk coming from development during pregnancies. There's also a good chunk coming development once you're born. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of factors that unfortunately cause this condition. But the one thing that does not cause it is vaccines. And now we have actual evidence and physical proof of this. And so people need to vaccinate.
1: Vaccinate your children. Vaccinate yourself. You're vaccinate
0: yourselves. Vaccinated. Man,
1: I think that's a way to close us out. Damn, that was like a heavy episode. Very heavy. If like, y'all made
0: it through, bless.
1: Bless up. We coming Thank back you next for week coming to f- my TED talk. Fun <laughs> episode next week. We're coming back with sex episode eight, 0. 8. 0. So a major upper to this episode. Major. We upper. have a couple of surprises for next week, some uh, funny yes. ones. Um. So
0: stay tuned. Once again, guys, my name is Alyssa. I am Sabrina, and thanks for listening to Keeping It Together, episode thirty-nine. We'll see you back here next week for episode forty, the sex episode. Keeping it together. I'm sure it's what it takes to
1: stop.